Welcome to Talking Heads on USA Global TV, starring the one and only wonderful Dr. Jacqueline. It's a prestigious place where world-class influencers and experts meet, and where you'll find the most trusted advisors and coaches for all things in life and business. Visit usaglobaltv.com to sign up for our newsletter, get the value you need, and be first in line to learn about events and giveaways and other valuable content. Connect with us. Email Dr. Jacqueline at usaglobaltv.com to talk about how you can become part of USA Global TV. That's USA Global TV, where the doctor is always in. Hello and welcome to USA Global TV and radio. I'm Dr. Jacqueline Kerbeck. I'm the president, founder, and chief listening officer here at our network. Our show today is What's Trending, and we have a return guest who is going to share with us how we can survive and thrive as a dementia caregiver. She's the author of this book, Dementia Home Care, How to Prepare Before, During, and After. Her name is Tracy Cram Perkins. Before we bring her out, let's welcome to the show our star, Kathy Fulton. Welcome. Hey, how are you again? Great. Thanks. Nice to see you. We just had a fabulous show with wonderful information, and this will be the same as well. Oh, yeah. No no doubt. Don't touch that dial or don't, <laughs> don't click anything. Stay put. This is a topic very near and dear to both of us, and it's uh, it's one that I think that you can't get enough hope. You can't get enough support. It's just uh, when you're caregiving for someone who has dementia or Alzheimer's, it's a, a full-on, really emotional journey. What's your experience been, Kathy? <laughs> <laughs> the show isn't long enough. I know. I was going to say, remember, we only have so much time. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's it's been a uh, it's been a roller coaster, and um, I, you know, I have I, I think that I've said this a, a few times to you that um, I, I I know that that this is to help help my mom, um, but I also do believe in 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 all seriousness that uh, this is a test for me. And um, I'm a horrible test taker. Just you know, in in on any subject, it's 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 hard for me. Um, so, but this is this is a life test, and um, I have to pass this. And um, I, I'm telling you, you know, I, I I get I get through each day, and by about between seven thirty and eight thirty, if you ever feel like there's a little bit of an earthquake, it's just me because I'm done. Be- between my mom who has Alzheimer's and colitis uh, coupled with multiple other uh, coexisting conditions. And then I have two little dogs, Gabby and Sophie, they have colitis. And um, so by between seven thirty and eight I'm all out of nice and um, um, I'm done. And I, you know, by about they're asking me questions or uh, wanting something else. And and I just make it abundantly clear. I'm all out of nice. I'm done. And the kitchen is closed and everybody's getting ready for bed and everybody's going to bed. And they all just look at me, you know, every night, like, where did this come from? It's like, it's been happening. This is nothing new. <laughs> I can't take it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Good for you, Kathy, though, that you set boundaries. I think that's really important. I, I really I really don't want to. I want to be as helpful as possible, but I'm I'm serious. By between seven thirty and eight thirty, I, I, I'm serious. If you ever feel like you know, was that a clap of thunder? 
or was was that like a, a low grade earthquake? No, it was me. It was me losing it in my kitchen. No, no doubt. That's okay though. I think we heard that from our guest Tracy Cram Perkins that sometimes we just have to be able to let go. And uh, there's so much we can speak with her about and learn more from. So let's welcome Tracy to the show. Hi, Tracy. Hi, you guys. Hi, Tracy. Thank you for having me. Thanks for coming back. I know. I feel like a big sense of relief seeing you because you have actually been the the caregiver for four family members who have dementia. And that's amazing that you're still smiling and looking pretty and pink and you're here today. Uh, well, I had to finally adopt the mindset that things happen for you and not to you, That's and right. that I am taking this and and trying to pay it forward and help everybody else, including yourselves. Thank you. Thank you, you are Tracy. Helping. You really are. I, I wanted to start off with this. So I think one thing that's challenging is that the person whom you love isn't there anymore. You see the physical being, the body, but they're not the same anymore. And it's like a, a death while someone's still alive. Can you speak to that from your experience? Oh, absolutely. It is one of those things where uh, they die twice. They're dying in front of you uh, where you're losing that connection. And you're so you grieve twice. And by the time that they pass, uh, people will say, oh, you must be feeling so horrible. Well, you've already grieved twice for this. And so by the, by the time you're done, uh, unless somebody else has done it, they don't understand that, that you have gone through the entire grieving process twice. So uh, because when you're losing that emotional connection, this is somebody that's been in your life for as long as you can remember. That's somebody you love deeply and that you have all these shared memories and they've lost all of their memories and you still have them and there's that gaping gap and it's one of those things that's really hard to overcome and it really helps if you can talk to other people about it to share about it or even go into support groups to talk to other people just so you realize you are not alone because that's part of the problem you are feeling the grief of that loneliness and so you just need to know that there are other people out there that can support you and lift you up and keep you going yeah, thank you for that. Uh, a question I have for both of you is, when you go to a support group, for example, you have to disclose what's going on. And then is that kind of betraying the patient, the, the family member? Do you want me to answer that or Kathy? Uh, what with you first. Okay. Uh, so you don't, okay. You are not betraying anything that everybody else in the room is not already experiencing. So it is a communal effort, a communal mm -hmm. experience, and you are literally just giving the opportunity to vent your your emotions because you're allowed to have your emotions. You're allowed to vent them. You are a human being. You, we aren't robots. We can't just sit there and just like stuff it all down and hope it won't just leak out and explode somewhere or that we'll, cause we'll fall over and just we'll, it'll hit us at the wrong moment. You'll fall down and you'll just start weeping and you won't be able to stop. So it having the ability to just be able to talk about what's happening. You're while you're talking about it, you're also teaching other people around you to know what to expect and how you got through it or didn't get through it because we're failing forward. This is not something where we're totally failing. We're failing forward. We're learning something and we're sharing that and we are helping other people as we do it. So don't think you're betraying your loved one when you're doing that because you really need to get that out of your system. Excellent. Thank you so much. Kathy, what would you like to add to that? Well, I, you know, I mean, I, I agree, you know, always 99.9% .9 with, with what Tracy says. Um, and, but 
with with me, it it really has. I mean, I'm convinced that this is a personal journey that that God is doing a huge work in me. And boy, does he have a lot of work to do. And but I'm but I, I think I'm making little baby steps. And um, I am it, it's kind of like so say, for example, this this um, this person that I, I just had a uh, a a client pass away yesterday, Tracy, just to give you the the point of reference. So, you know, I, I know that this, um, this whole family is still processing it. And so, you know, it seems like every day there's something new to process with my mom. I mean, so as an example, I, I'm doing, having a lot of work done at my house right now. Um, and, so it's been these same contractors for months and they will tell me, you know, your, your mom is doing great. She really is doing great. And, um, but they see these other sides of her, like other sides of her personality that she thinks are uh, incognito, but they're really not, you know, I mean, because it's like, she's nice to everybody else. Mm-hmm. But me. And, um, and they, and they see that. And I, I, you know, told them about that before, but now she's like really relaxed around them and she's just kind of like letting it all hang out. And they're, and they're like, every, everybody says, I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do it. And so, um, I mean, like when, when I was a kid, I was, I was bullied in elementary school. So it's almost like, you know, that armed me for kind of this experience as well. I, I, I don't know. I don't know if that really even makes any sense, but it's just, I don't know. Every day I just kind of have to um, buck up and overlook so much and just not take it personally. I don't know. Um, Tracy, what are your thoughts about what Kathy's experiencing? Well, first of all, I'm giving you a long distance hug right now <laughs> because you need it. <laughs> uh, uh, and what you're going through, a lot of people go through this. Um, you are her safety net. So you're also her punching bag. And and since, and I'm in a way, I am grateful that you were bullied as a child because it is giving you some defense mechanisms so you can survive this. Um, otherwise, I, I think right now you would be done. I mean, just absolutely burned out and heart attack city. Um, I am so in a way, I'm very, very grateful that you were bullied as a kid, but I apologize that it had to happen to you. Oh, no. The but also redirecting her. I think we need to talk about, you know, teaching you skills to redirect because then she can, uh, and, and to distract her from that so that she is not bullying you, but you have something that's occupying her so that you're not the brunt of this. Um, if you can uh, learn to redirect and also, uh, and this is going to sound weird, but learning to laugh, to laugh things off, to get her laughing, because that will also redirect her. Um, I found that, that, when my dad would go into one of his really dark moods, that that was the best way to get him out of that so that he wasn't yelling, screaming, or throwing things at me because he would literally throw things at me. Uh, getting him to laugh. And so getting your mom to laugh, no matter what it is, uh, even when you're when she's cruel to you, uh, finding a way to twist that story into something that's humorous, and it's really hard at first, you have to train yourself to do it. But to do that so that you have some hope of redirecting her so that she is not constantly beating you up. She needs to know that, that cause you're her safety spot and she's letting you know that she doesn't think you are. So if you can shift the reins so that you're the one driving this and that you're the one creating the safe space and making her laugh and, and uplifted, you will both benefit from that. 
Yeah, you're um, you're you're right on, and because um, I th I think we were talking about redirecting last time, and mm -hmm. um, that that so everything that you said is really what I wanted to articulate um, just just a minute ago. I mean, I I feel like that I've made great strides in in that in that category, um, not taking it personally. I mean, you know, she's she's told me everything from uh, your fat to, um, I, I mean, I, I could just, I could go down the laundry list of everything that she said to me and, yeah. and whether the whole fat thing is true or not, you just don't say that to people, you know, I mean, you, you just, you just don't. Um, but I, I just, I think the way that I process it in my mind is this just almost isn't real. So just get through it. Just, just, just get through it. And just, um, like when she says something mean, um, then I then I'll just say something like, "Oh hey, um, remember we got those great chocolate chip cookies the other day? Would you want one?" And, and she's like, "You know, I mean that's like crack cocaine for her." <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I'll take ten. I'm like, I'm right up. Yeah, I mean, it's just well done, well done. I, I was gonna say that's a good one, Kathy. I like that a lot. I'm uh, serious. No, I know. It's like here's a pie. Have some. Um, a question I have for you, Tracy, is. When the your loved one is consistently saying the same things over and over again, and I just give different answers. I, hey, I just I don't care. I tried this answer that. What does one do because they keep continuing with the questions? Okay, there's an unmet need there, and so part of it is they're feeling lost. Now I don't know how much you know about Alzheimer's disease, but it creates holes in the brain, and the brain shrinks. So there's gaps that they can't cross. So uh, again, being their safety net, and they're asking you this over and over again, because they can't solve their own problem. This is where cueing aids come into handy, because if you have, if they have a question that they're asking you constantly, if you literally write the answer on a piece of paper and hand it to them, like if you're in the car or something and they're saying oh where are we going where are we going and you can say oh can you hold this for me and then point them just to look down and read it out loud that gives them the power to answer their own question and that's what they're really looking for they're looking for some way to solve their own problem and they can't and so they're asking you over and over again because they can't hold on to that information um, another thing is to use whiteboards uh, i did this with my dad where and uh, don't use multiple colors. Try and keep it all the same color because you don't want to cause confusion. But if you write on there answers to whatever his co or her common questions are, you can just direct them to that. Eventually, they'll start looking. What we did with my aunt recently was we got her an Alzheimer's clock. It gives her the day, the date, whether it's morning, afternoon, evening, or night, so that she can orient and figure out exactly where she is. She loves that thing because then she keeps telling me, oh my God, it's my favorite thing. You know, and I, I, I know when it is and I know what time it is and I know where I am. And, and so it's it helped her. So it's any tool you can give them to empower themselves will reduce the repetitive questions. If you can do that often enough, it's stops the question because then they, you will literally train them where to look to answer their own question. Thank you, Tracy. I know in your book uh, on page 95, I, I happen to have this one um, bookmarked. Uh, you talk about delusions and things that are not real, but the, the patient, the loved one actually believes they're seeing something that's not there. What can you suggest for that? 
Okay, with a delusion, as with uh, any other false belief, you have to walk them through to a place of safety. And you're going to hear me repeat safety over and over again. There's two really powerful things with dementia, routine, and then feeling safe. So in this case, if let's say that they think they see someone's in their room with them. Or it's somebody in the mirror and they, they think there's a stranger looking at them and they can't get them to go away. You need to walk them to a place where they're safe. You need to acknowledge that if they see the boogeyman sitting next to them, that you can't see it, but you know that that they can. And so that you're not going to leave them until they are safe. And sometimes it means you have to take them out of the room and then do another activity, calm them down, and then so tell them that you will walk back with them to make sure that there's nobody in there and that they're going to be okay. Sometimes you have to take them out to another room, go back in the room, clean some stuff or move some stuff around. So they just hear you rummaging and then come back and bring them back and tell them that you got rid of them. And the delusion should hopefully be over by that point, but you have to give them some downtime so they can clear, clear whatever the, uh, the fear is out of their brain. Now, sometimes you have to do this repeatedly. Sometimes they'll see like critters running along the floor or, or ants climbing the walls or whatever. And in that case, like what I would have my husband do is he would go in and, and he would be like swatting things going, okay, uh, taking care of whatever it was. Because uh, if it's a man, men tend to respond more positively to men or women tend to respond more positively to people in uniforms. So anything you can do to meet the delusion and walk them through to the end and then laugh about it afterwards, because you want to get them back to a place of calm, a place of safety, play some of their favorite music, anything you can do so that they feel safe and that whatever happens has misfunctioned in their brain, uh, has processed and is cleared. Thank you so much. Good, good points. Um, what about things that are just plain not true? You're not going to argue with them anymore. Uh, arguing with false beliefs. Remember I said about the holes in their brain. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Consider it like this. If you had a 96-year-old man who was healthy and you put a blindfold over his head and so that he could not see, turned him around so that he was facing backwards in front of the Grand Canyon and told him to hop on one leg across the Grand Canyon, you know that's not going to end well. It's the same thing with challenging false beliefs. You have to get them through and ask them specific questions based on what it is they're saying. So if they're saying somebody stole money from my wallet, then you ask them, you know, how much money was taken? When did you first notice it was missing? Uh, those sorts of things. At, and, but you don't want to say anything like if they're accusing you of it, you don't want to, to create a loop. So uh, instead of arguing with them, which will create a loop, you want to fall into that delusion again and just go with them and just walk it through to the end. So um, in the case of the wallet, you know, finding how much, what was stolen, when did they first notice it was missing, uh, what actions you'd like to take. You can even talk about filing a, a police report and then have some sort of form you fill out and have them sign and, you know, carry out the delusion to the end and then stick a couple dollar bills in their wallet so that they, they find something the next time. So just something to keep the, from, from, or, or if they're accusing you of stealing their clothing, this, this happens a lot. Uh, what I would do is I ended up buying multiples of whatever my dad's favorite clothing was. He had this one hoodie that he would not take off for love nor money without tricks and trickery. So I would buy, I bought five or six of them. I kept them stashed. And whenever he would lose it, for whatever reason, I would be the hero because I, even though I didn't take it, I didn't lose it. I could find it and bring him and give him the new hoodie. So you want to have backup plans of, of the things that they start doing regularly. And you'll, you'll figure out because they're going to pull it on you regularly. Mm. Yeah. I mean, and, and I, 
I agree a hundred percent with everything that Tracy is saying, because, you know, that's, that's what I do too. Um, and I mean, like, but a, a red flag for my mom is when she's talking about these weird things, like, you know, there was somebody in her bedroom or, you know, what, ha what have you. Um, a lot of times for me, that's a red flag that I need to check her for a UTI. Mm-hmm. Because that can that can go hand in hand, at least with my mom. I don't know what your experience has been, but um, I mean, when but a, but a lot of times, if she's saying something that's incorrect about like a a, a timeline with a family member or um, or, or or just just an event. Um, see, my mom also has to take uh, pain medication. It's uh, she takes Lyrica because she has osteoporosis, so it's bone on bone, mm. um, coupled with the sciatica, and, and so I think that adds like another component of just I don't know delusion or or or, or what have you. I mean, just just as an example, um, the the last couple of weeks she's been in like massive pain, and. Um, I went into her, her bedroom to check on her. She was laying down, laying on the, on the heating pad. I had given her, you know, like her next dose of, uh, medication and, uh, um, she grabbed my hand and she said, I'm so sorry for the time in your life that I missed with you when those people took you and they raised you. Mm. And I said, I am too, but it's okay. It's over. I had a great life. <laughs> you know, I mean. Nobody kidnapped me. Let me tell you what she she used to tell me. You know, like if I would get lost in a store. I mean, this this was her humor to, to a little kid. Um, if I would get lost in the store, you know, mis, misplaced from her, um, you know, I would find her. I would be crying, and she was like, "Look, Kathy, if anybody ever took you, they would return you." You know, and and so. <laughs> oh. No, I mean, you know, so it really kind of gave me hope. It's like, okay, so if anybody ever takes me for sure, they'll return me. Um, and, uh, but I mean, you know, it's just, it's just things like that. It's like, I could have gotten into this whole thing of nobody took me, mom, you know, you, you, you created this monster here. Um, but I just said, I, it's, it's okay. It was good. And I had a great life and we're, and we're here together. Well done. well done. Well, may I address the whole UTI thing? Because I am going through that right now myself with my aunt. Um, the, the one thing about the UTI is you'll definitely notice a behavior change from one day to the next and delusions go hat in hand with those, uh, just like you were explaining. Um, also drug interactions. Have you ever had your pharmacist check if there's any drug interactions on the medications she's taking because of all the different, uh, health problems she's having. Have you ever done that, Kathy? Um, no. You might want to, because what they can do and uh, is check to make sure that you're not, that there's a medication that might be interacting inappropriately. It's like it's a bad actor among all the others, and it's causing more, uh, more delusions as a side effect. So if you ask them at the pharmacy to run a drug interaction check for you, and then you can take that to her primary care if there is one, and they can find a different medication to alleviate the problems that are going on, not adding, but they might like take one away and give you an alternate medication. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good idea because, um, she used to take, uh, Benadryl every night for sleep and, um, not one, not two. And, and I kid you not six. 
trying to get Peg to sleep was like trying to knock down a train. And um, so I finally told her neurologist about this and he was like, well, that that's just making the situation. That's just exasperating. Exasper- what is the word? Exasperating. Exacerbating. Exact. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. I knew it was there somewhere. Um, and uh, so we took took that off and um, re- replaced it with melatonin. Now, I, quite frankly, for her, for somebody where, I mean, because there, there are a lot of elderly where, I mean, the melatonin just isn't going to touch it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what is helping her sleep these days um, when she does sleep is the, um, like the Lyrica. The, the, the pain medication. Um, so it's just, you just, you just have to have somebody very, very dialed in that is watching all of these nuances, you know, like, like you, like you, Dr. Dr. Like my, you know, I mean, Oh, go ahead. I have a question for you. You mentioned before about the significance of routine. And what I'm wondering is, the person has a routine, right? There's a routine in place, but yet uh, there's a there's a larger family and the family would like to be with the person and the person's very set on the routine. So how does one satisfy all needs? Aha, uh-huh. this is a fun question, especially since we have holidays coming up. Um, this is where you spread out the visits because uh, it will take them up to three days, maybe even five days between visits to recover. And you're going to notice behavior issues after they visit. They're going to be thrilled when somebody comes to visit, but it's going to exhaust them. And then you're going to get behavior issues. So limit the visits to, if you can, a small group, no, two or three people at the most. You want to make sure that nobody gets loud or laughing uh, because noise actually makes it worse for someone with dementia because they can't focus, they can't concentrate, and it, it sends them over the edge. So you want to keep it quiet, play their favorite music while all of this is going on in the background because you want to create a sense of calm. And if everybody can just sit and chat, uh, look at photo albums, do things that that's on the level with the person that they're visiting, um, that you're going to get a much better outcome than if you have, say, uh, your your kids come over and their children and they're visiting your grandma and the great grandma and all the kids are running around the house screaming, but they come in yelling because they're having fun and, and you're going to see a meltdown. So it, it's a lot of it is noise triggered, but also exhaustion from having too much stuff going on. So if you can keep it in a calm environment and spread it out over several days. So like, let's say that the one group of family comes over on this day and then three or four days later or whatever their schedule is, the next people come over and visit. So you can rotate it. Then you're also building respite into your schedule because if you can teach them how to visit, you get downtime and you can excuse yourself from the room. They can have their visit and you can go and have a cup of coffee or soak your feet, whatever you want to do. I mean, it just gives you built in downtime. So if you can get them to understand that that's has value, that will help and they can keep their connection. Also, uh, it's a great way to get more help into the house. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love that. Thank you. And just one follow up hypothetical. Let's say this person and the caregiver were going to be going south for the winter. And uh, is the best way to travel with this person via a a car driving the 1,200 miles, or would it be flying? What would your thoughts be in this hypothetical? 
I would not at this time recommend flying only because there's too many people in the airport. Everyone is upset right now and you're going to get a lot of commotion. Anything you can do to keep it quiet. And I, I'm going to keep emphasizing quiet because with you, when developing the holes in the brain, especially with Alzheimer's disease, uh, they don't have a way of filtering out background noise. So if they hear people yelling at the TSA or if there's somebody jostling to try and get their luggage above the uh, their overhead compartment, anything that will upset them, uh, you're asking them to take on too many things. If you can keep it in a car and then make sure that everybody, you have emergency contact people because there's also an issue with wandering. But if you can keep them in the car, you have spares of everything with you because they're going to misplace it as you spend the night in places. So you want to be able to keep track of that. But it's easier in the car because you have control over it. You can keep the noise levels normal. You can, you, you are the one driving you might have somebody helping you drive with them, but something where you have a small community that you can work together and, and keep a sense of calm because really that's what helps with the routine. Uh, if you're going places that they're already familiar with, that is a big bonus because then they'll have some attachment to it, depending on how long ago it's been since they've been there. So it's someplace, let's say that you do this, like you've done this every year for the last 25 years, then they're going to recognize every place along the way. You, It's going to be a much easier time. They're less likely to wander. So that's another thing to keep in mind because uh, wandering tends to increase when you're traveling. And so you'll also have to keep in mind what kind of what kind of ways you can lock that door so they don't walk out in the middle of the night. You really want to be at hotels that have like the bar locks and not the chains because everybody's been around long enough that they can figure out how to remove a chain from the door. But the bar lock requires two hands. Um, there's also things you can get like child safety locks so that you can put that over the door so they can't get out because uh, it's too complicated for them to figure out. Just something so that you have things in place to prevent them from wandering to make it easier on you. Woo! Wow. Thank you, Tracy. That's really <laughs> helpful. Thank you. <laughs> Been there, done that. <laughs> <sighs> Had some bad experiences. So <laughs> just letting you know. <laughs> yeah. No, I appreciate that. Uh, what if the person watches television all day? I don't know. Is this something that your mom does, Kathy? Um, okay. Well, remember, she goes with me to like all of my appointments. So like certain days, if I'm home working, um, she'll, uh, I have like this great back porch that looks out onto all my flowers and, and I, it has a ceiling fan and she loves that area. And I, I encourage her, the weather's not going to hold, even though there's a fireplace out there, I'm like, the weather's not going to hold. So you really need to take advantage of that. So she will go outside and she'll read. And I mean, she'll stay out there for hours at a time and the dogs will stay out there with her. But other days uh, she will, um, uh, if she doesn't want to do that, like if it's too hot, she, she will watch TV. Um, but it's great. She, she can still read and understand what she's reading. Well, I mean, the jury's still out on that, but we, you know, um, yeah, no, she does. And she'll tell me, she'll tell me about part of the story and, you know, uh, how it's progressing and, and so on and so forth. But, um, you know, but uh, a big part of her social life is going in with me when I, when I meet with clients mm -hmm. and, um, you know, but that's, that's always rolling the dice too. Uh, because the other night I was, uh, I took her in with me to, uh, meet with a design client and 
we had gotten there like around five o'clock. It was rolling around to like seven o'clock. And um, I mean, we were talking about redesigning their kitchen. I mean, er everything. They, they, they just bought a new house. So it's it's like top to bottom redo. And um, she was sitting on like the, the fireplace. Um, and she said to me, Kathy, come here a second. And I went over to her and she goes, can we go now? I mean, and, and it couldn't have been any louder. And, and it's like, I'm, I'm just, you just want to fall into the, melt into the hardwood floor. Um, you know, it, it's just like, could you, I just can't, and they heard, you know, but luckily they, you know, they get that she's older. I, I mean, but it's just, um, anyway, but that's, that's, that's her. So she has, she has a variety of social interactions and some of which are, positive. I mean, it's all positive to her, some of which I'm dying. <laughs> Have you ever uh, printed up like little business cards that say, like, like when you're in the grocery store with her or whatever that says, I'm sorry, but my mother has Alzheimer's disease. Please excuse her. And then just slip that to them so that they know so that they can have a better interaction with you. I mean, it might, it might help. And then just letting your clients know too. You know. Oh, I let my clients know ahead of time. Okay. Okay. I would never just like, you know, roll the dice and, you know, um, just yeah, it's a good idea. kind of flew in, but yeah, no, but that yeah. is a good idea. That's a really good, good idea. idea. You know, something I just wanted to mention um, about your book again, dementia home care is I love how you have everything. Um, I don't know if it's chapter wise, but you have little, um, blocks of what's covered in the chapter. Can you see it? Oh yeah. You make it so easy for people to find things. And the book is so well researched as well. Tell us about your experience in writing the book. Oh, well, okay. I have a lot of people to thank for that, but I, I, I will not list them all. They are listed in the front of my book. Um, but I had such a hard time finding stuff that would help my father. When he was living with us, that was when I had my biggest challenges with dementia care because I had no clue what was going on. I had well, I still have uh, probably 20, 30 books on dementia care. And I would remember reading something somewhere, but the table of contents was so stark. I couldn't find anything. There was nothing in the book where I could just page fan because I'm in a hurry and I need to find it to find what I needed to, to, to resolve the issue. And then two weeks later, I would run across it and there it was. And it was like, oh, I wish I would have had this two weeks ago. It would have really helped then. Um, so what I promised myself when I started writing the book was that I didn't want anybody to go through what I went through. I didn't want anybody that was a page fanner not to be able to find. I wanted them to just be able to flip it, find that thing and know exactly where it was. So you can either go through the table of contents because for me, that was a big deal. And I made sure I tried to make it plain enough so that everybody could understand exactly what I was talking about in that section so they could find it and use it. Because What's the purpose of me writing a book if they can't use it, if they can't find what they need when they need it? I mean, I just wanted a toolbox. And so I wrote my own toolbox. Ooh, I love it. And and by the way, I said this before, but uh, I love the size of the book. I love the size of the book and I love the size of the font. It's it's really a pleasure. I'm describing like the Bible, the Bible. It's, I give you a 10 plus. I already told you that in the book review that I did, so. That is my editor. My I have the most wonderful editor on the planet. Lynn Price, I'm giving you a shout out right now if you're watching this. But she's the one that made the decision to make it large print and to make it a large book because it, it, we were trying to figure out how to, you know, I, I wanted to be able to have it sitting open on the table so you could just like flip it open, maybe, you know, pin down one page and it stays there. It doesn't just like flap shut on you. And she was like going, 
I, she struggled with it for a while. And then she finally said, yes, we're going to absolutely do this. And oh my gosh, it was the most brilliant thing she's ever done. I mean, I just love it. And everybody compliments on that. I mean, it's just, it's just a wonderful thing she did. Now, granted, you cannot tuck it in your purse to be discreet and then look it out at it later, but it's so easy to read. So when you're stressed out, you can literally pull it open and there's that page and you can just sit in and you don't have to strain your eyes to look at it. You don't have, to, if you're tired, you can still see it. Yeah, absolutely. You can see it and it's it's easy to to navigate this book. So I highly recommend it. We'll be putting up the link about where you can you can purchase it. So how do you feel now, Tracy? You're helping another family member. Uh, just listening to the two of you, you, Tracy and you, Kathy, it's exhausting, right? It's you constantly have to pull yourself together, put yourself, your feelings aside and so how are you doing it now, Tracy? This is the fifth time, right? This is my fourth time. This, this is, is the fourth. I, I'm okay. really currently well, right in the middle the of the fourth. Okay, yeah. Just... Well, I would say just the fourth. I don't want to diminish it, but and it's been actually the most emotionally challenging for me because um, my aunt and I have, uh, have been very close for my entire life. And so she has uh, been my rock and my hard place, uh, rock for the hard place. I mean, I, she's just kept me you know, anchored. And so now that she's going through all these things, it's been very, very challenging, especially now she's moving into hospice. So um, all the, the nights and then trying to get up in the morning, I, I've, I have to let all my customers know. I have to let, you know, people I've scheduled meetings with if I'm going to miss a meeting because I've been at the ER, you know, like three nights in a row and I can't function and I'm not going to be any good to anybody if that happens. So uh, it, it's just, you know, trying to get through that and trying to remember my, I just remind myself every day this is happening for me because then I can take what I'm going through and then help others so that they can figure out how to navigate it. Oh, I, I think that's, really beautiful and you're very humble about the work that you're doing and also <laughs> you kathy as well I, I don't think people have any idea unless they've been through it themselves but this book dementia home care we have the link up right now this is a savior this provides hope you talked the last time you were here about games legos and also family scrapbooks uh tell us a little bit more about that Okay, so using a, a scrapbook is a really great way of giving a distraction technique for your family, especially, okay, consider this, you've got family members coming over for a visit, mm -hmm. and your loved one may, may or may not be good at articulating right now, and they may be at the point of their dementia where they're like in tunnel vision, and they only stare at whatever's straight in front of them, you need to somehow engage with them, and if your family member only remembers them as they used to be, they're going to try and force them to be that person. And that's not going to work. And you're going to get a catastrophic meltdown. So having a scrapbook that tells their story, and I refer it to as their memory book or their story book, uh, if you go through and have them look at the pictures, have them tell you what that picture means to them. It could be uh, you could recover a lost memory that you haven't heard before, or it could be a phenomenal work of fiction that has absolutely nothing to do with what's on the picture, but that's their story. So you're actually engaging with them. You can have meaningful conversation. You can laugh about it. And then later you can crack up in the car as you're driving home because it's like, oh my God, that's so not even close to what happened. And it was so funny, you know, and just, and just 
relish that time. Uh, and you'll look back on it later and it'll be a fun memory to think about as opposed to you're constantly fighting, you're constantly at loggerheads because you're trying to correct them. They can't be that person anymore. So anything you can do to connect with them, that's why I talked about the Legos before, anything you can get in their hands to uh, either have them play with or or, or talk about, <clears throat> uh, a lot of times they, they like to rummage. And so instead of having them rummage through your drawers and then get to something that might be toxic or could make them choke uh give them like something like a little jewelry box that they with things in it that they can play with so they can open the drawers and they can pull things out they can put them back in just something to keep them busy and occupied it doesn't matter if they do it 35 times in a day it keeps their mind going so because they're having a tactile experience or you're looking at the pages they can turn the pages they can tell a story so it's activating more of their brain and it keeps them functioning longer that it's not going to prevent the sundowners later because they're still going to get exhausted, but then it might help them sleep. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. I, I know we're just about out of time, but I just had one thing I wanted to share. So um, this was kind of really an, an eye-opening experience, very painful, but uh, this person and I were watching one of my Talking Heads episodes and uh, we watched it for about 10 minutes and I just did a check in hey you know just checking in to see what you're thinking about this show and what i'm sharing and the person said i don't know what she's talking about i just noticed that her eyebrows look really weird did you see her eyebrows how strange they look and i kind of like i thought i was going to be physically sick because there was no identification that it was me yeah but I had to keep it together. So I just turned my back and started emptying the dishwasher, but I wanted to just cry and scream at the same time. Did you give your time self time later to vent? I did. Oh, good. I okay. Did. Yeah. You don't want to hold that in. You definitely don't no. want to hold that. In. Cause I mean, that is a, that's a huge loss that, that you're going through and, and you know, there again, those holes in the brain, they're not going to perceive things the way you and I perceive them. So they're seeing their reality is so altered. There's, you know, they're going to say things that are going to be hurtful, but they don't realize it because they don't understand. And so that's, that's where, you know, you're having to get your rhinoceros hide on and just, you know, let it water, run down your back like rainwater and then go cry or scream later, punch a pillow, go for a fast walk, whatever it is you're going to do to, you know, work that out because it hurts. It does hurt. And then just, but realize that there's more to it than that so that you give yourself an out so that you're not beating yourself up and, and remember to breathe. And the other thing I recommend strongly is putting time on your phone to schedule breathing exercises, just five minutes, you know, uh, four or five times a day just to breathe so that you can get your cortisol levels down. You can relax so that you can think better because we all think better when we're relaxed. We don't make mis as many mistakes. And so it, you know, and you're not as tense. So anything you can do to get yourself to relax. You know, I mean, really by, by the time that this is all over with, meaning, you know, so, so something's happened, either, either I've passed or my mom has passed, you know, and, and um, you guys will be the same way. We're going to be so resilient. We're going to be so incredibly strong. I mean, you know, like I, so first of all, there's nothing wrong with your eyebrows. I really don't know what this person was talking about. But, um, you know, now my husband and I make a joke out of because I, I remember I, he'll, we talk to each other during, during the day quite frequently. Um, and I remember, you know, telling him, you know, well, you know, she just, she just told me, uh, I was, I was fat and he, he just started laughing and, um, um, 
And I'm like, why, why are you laughing? Is there something you need to tell me? And he's like, no, no. And uh, so, so now like we, we make a joke out of it. It's, um, you know, like, like he'll say, you know, let, let's, let's go, let's go get ice cream. I'm like, I, I can't do it. I'm fat. And, <laughs> yeah. and he'll just look at me. I'm like, you know, I'm fat. I can't do that. <laughs> or you're P-H-A-T fat, which is pretty hot and tempting. Yeah, I like that, Tracy. Way to reframe it. That's fantastic. You know, but I mean, really, there's nothing wrong with your eyebrows. I understand. Mm -hmm. I I, I understand. I mean, it's just like, who says this stuff? Mm -hmm. And but they do. And well, you know what's funny? When I I got married 1993, and we have Armenian blood in our family, and I had really thick eyebrows, and I I'm telling you, I looked at the pictures right after I said I do, and half the eyebrows fell off, and they never came back. I mean, it might be it might be an exaggeration by a day or two, but literally half of them fell off. So I have to put them on. So I've always always been very sensitive about it, and I guess the person knew it. I don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I doubt they knew it. It was just one of those things where they focused on something, and they that's all they could focus on because they're getting tunnel vision. So it had it had nothing to do. With with your eyebrows it was just whatever caught their attention and so if that's what caught their attention then that's what they commented on so it it wasn't personal it wasn't directed at you it, it was just that's the thing that caught their eye because there was something about it that 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 they saw you know so it had you know it had nothing to do with you so if when you are ready and you can choose not to let yourself be beat up by that realizing that there's holes in their brains they can't cross that gap. And so they're just focusing on what they can see. And their, you know, their lenses are thickening, their eyesight's getting a little bit worse as we age. Um, and so that might have been the only thing they could see. And that's where the comment came from. You know, I have a, um, I, oh, I didn't mean, I didn't mean to talk over you. But you know, I, um, is there anything on Broadway, like a, like a Broadway play about Alzheimer's or, or dementia? I do not know. You know, I, I really wish that the three of us could collaborate. And I mean, I'm not much of a writer, but the, the two of you are. But I think I have a pretty good sense of humor most of the time. And, you know, people need to know. I, I mean, this this could so easily be it could be a te it could be teachable. There's, you know, um, a, a lot of humor that could be injected in this, because remember, I've 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 been doing this since 2014. You've got your, you know, now you're on your number number four. Um, you know, you have your relationship. I, I mean, it's just, it, it, it could be, it could, I just think it could be wildly successful in that. I think it would give people a lot of people the power to laugh. Um, because for me, humor and laughing is, is so healing. It's, it's mm -hmm. like better than sitting down with any therapist of which I don't have time to. And that's probably part of my problem anyway, but, um, you know, I, I, I wish that the two of you would seriously consider that, you know, because you, you, you seem to be connected with good editors. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, but I, I think that it's something that the world could use because who doesn't know someone that has Alzheimer's or some cognitive impairment. Mm -hmm. And I mean, these stories, I mean, I, 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 I could tell you little, I, I, I could take up days worth of stories that are really, I mean, they're hilarious. Hilarious. <laughs> Did any of you guys ever see um, like Greater Tuna? 
no, it must, it must've been a, it must've been a Texas thing. Anyway, that's, that's a whole different conversation. Um, but it was, it was, it was a play on, it was two men that were, and, and they dressed up as every single character in the play. And it took, t- took place in a small town in Texas called, uh, Tuna, Texas. And, um, the, the reason that everybody found it, so, I mean, it was wildly successful. Um, but the reason that people found that it, it, th- they could relate to it because they could see their Aunt Myrtle. That is Aunt Myrtle up <laughs> on up on stage. And that's how she acts at every single Christmas dinner or every single Thanksgiving or, you know, or, oh, my gosh, that is the lady that ramrods the whole choir at church, you know, at the, at the, you know, one church in town. Um, so it's, um, I, I don't know why I connect like an, an Alzheimer's Broadway play with, you know, something like, you know, greater, greater tuna or Christmas tuna. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I just think that it, this, it's, it's so, it's so sad what happens, but yet in the same vein, you gotta laugh, you gotta <laughs> laugh because you can't change it. You cannot change it. It's not a virus. Right. They're not going to get better. Trace, are you up for some screenwriting? I think I could be. <laughs> <laughs> There's well, way ladies, too much material. Let's, oh, let's set up a time to chat and see where we can go with this. You never know. I'm I'm serious. I'm serious. I know. You guys think about. I know. I know. I'm just like blindsiding you. You know, right on the show. But um, it's okay. Oh well. I like it. I that think you can't I, say no. <laughs> I think you have a lot of uh, good ideas there. So. I'm open for a conversation. All righty. We right. will do this. <laughs> this will be our next thing that we're doing. See, everything happens for a reason, right? Mm-hmm. It does. It's a, it's an evolution. It's a rollout of things. Yeah. So um, Tracy, we have the book link for people to go over and purchase. So let me put up your other link. How can people get in touch with you and what's the best way to do that? Well, you can contact me through my uh, website on my contact page. That'll get directly to my inbox. It's the fastest way to do it. Um, Otherwise, you can email me. And I I didn't write this in the link, but it's Tracy at TracyCramPerkins.com. And I will respond to you usually within a day or two, depending on how my loved one is doing. All right. Well, thank you. And and again, thank you so much for this book. Please, everyone, go over and pick up a copy of this book, Dementia Home Care, How to Prepare Before, During, and After by Tracy Cram Perkins, who is a future screenwriter for a Broadway show. (laughs) Big announcement. Big announcement. You say big announcements till the end of the show, right? You've heard it here. (laughs) Oh, by the way, I have to also announce Tracy is one of our team members now. She's an elevated listener. She took the course. Tell us, Tracy, a little bit about your experience with the course and not to promote the course for me, but about listening and the work that you do. Oh, it was really cool. Um, It was a great reminder because sometimes we don't slow down long enough to actually listen. And I actually put it into use the very next day. Um, But it was it was really great to uh, see the role playing. And while I was watching that, I was like seeing myself doing the same things. And I I really love the Cable Town uh, incident with you and Alcini uh, because that was just like I've had that experience so many times. And it just makes me remind it just reminded me that I needed to slow down and listen and just, you know, actually ask probing questions, not go, uh-huh, 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 and, and not actually be engaged, but actually be able to keep track of what was going on and, and be able to engage. And, and, uh, and I've started practicing it. It's been lovely. 
Well, thank you so much. We're thrilled to have you here at USA Global TV and radio. And in addition to all the work you're doing with just putting education and knowledge out there coming here. And Kathy, thank you again for inviting Tracy to the platform. We look forward to having you back on more frequently and just continuing to support the work you're doing. Thank you very much for having me, you guys. I really appreciate it. No, thank, thank you. And thank you, you are a must be regular. Must yes, be regular. For sure. I'm not for taking sure. no. I'm not taking no. <laughs> Especially now that she's <laughs> we're embarking on this new uh this new career together as uh oh, playwrights. Stream, yeah, playwrights. There we go. <laughs> Listen, it happens. You know, on our last show, just quickly, two gentlemen happened. One guy went to one guy's website, saw what it was he was doing. He had something he was doing. Now they came together and they've got this incredible telehealth platform. You just don't know. This is how it happens. Just like this. It is. It is. Everything happens for a reason. We're going to do great things together. We sure are. Cheers. So I'm going to spotlight Kathy before we go. Kathy, what's the best way for people to reach out to you? Oh, well, feel free to call me. Um, the best number is 703-402-1172. Or if you want to email me, uh, I'm at kathyfulton1965 at gmail.com. And that's Kathy with a C. And um, so, you know, if, if I can help you with uh, any aspect of your home, interior or exterior, I would love the opportunity. Thanks so much, Kathy. And also for those of you who are not aware, we do have a weekly magazine called The Global Post. And this week, both Kathy and Tracy are featured in it. So please go to your spam folder, Dr. Jacqueline at usaglobaltv.com and look for the email. We're actually gonna be migrating from a newsletter magazine to a full-blown magazine, theglobalpostmagazine.com that I'm working on in the wee hours of the night. So stay tuned for that, (laughs) but please go over. Hey, wait, yes. I got I to gotta point something out. Okay, so first of all, I love, I love your earrings. Okay, look. Okay, so, so no, how hilarious is this? What a dingling I am. Okay, so this that I'm wearing is green. Oh, okay. that's green. So, so for, for everybody that, that thinks this, um, that this is all magic and everything. Okay, so, you know, the big spoiler alert, there's a green <laughs> screen. Okay, so I'm wearing green. They tell you not to wear green. But, you know, so I mean, how, how does that happen? I've, I've got the flowers on. It's, I love it. It's perfect. <laughs> and Kathy, I can't believe that you just spoiled it for people to think that we're not really in a flowered lady. Hey, look, I'm, I'm not all that. I'm sorry. I wish I was. I wish I was that good, but I'm not. I, I saw that. I saw when, when the first, when the show first started, and I'm like, holy. Oh, oh, well, we just go with it. You know, you just, I think it looks great. Yeah. <laughs> but look great. As, I look, as I move around. <laughs> And Tracy's in pink as well. Oh my goodness. We're having too much fun, girls. All right. Let's continue it for sure. All right. We're signing off right now. Kathy Fulton is coming back with her Talking Heads episode. What will you be sharing today, Kathy? Window treatments. Stay tuned. All right. Stay tuned. Tracy, so good to see you. We'll be in touch again to talk about this new... This new project we're all working on. And until then, take care of yourself and continue doing the good work. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.